Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Today we are reading the readings for July 21st, 2019. It is year uh, C in the Catholic Church, and it is the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Today I am joined by my dear friend Sarah. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. It's so good to be with you today, Jenna. I'm overjoyed that you're with (laughs) me, too. Um, Could you tell the listener a little bit about yourself and like your faith journey? Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised Catholic um, in a mostly practicing household. Um, you know, we went to Mass on Sunday and we prayed before dinner, but that was that was about it. Um, and I went to Catholic school for 12 years, but it wasn't actually until I went to college um, where not only was my faith tested, but that's where I really grew in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I suddenly realized that it was not uh, normal to be Catholic and that a lot of people didn't, um, maybe didn't even like Catholics. Mm-hmm. And uh, that first year of college was really hard for me. I saw just a lot of brokenness. A lot of my friends were struggling with mental health issues, bad relationships. Um, yeah, mental health was a, was a big thing. Um, drinking, drugs, you, you know, you know the college scene. And uh, yeah. it was just really hard. And I... But I had a friend who was growing in her faith, and I had at a point where I, I didn't know what I really believed anymore, and I didn't know why I was, I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. Um, I didn't know why I was going to mass on Sunday or why I was living my life differently. Um, and eventually, uh, the long story short is I, I just was so miserable that year, and I remember one day finally starting to pray and. Um, you know, because at that point I had all, you know, stopped praying for the most part. I still went to Mass on Sunday, but I had stopped praying. I had stopped um, really thinking about God and wasn't sure what I believed in anymore. And I, I remember getting on my knees and I remember praying like, wow, okay, Lord, I'm miserable. And the only person I know who's happy is is my friend, this roommate of mine at the time. And she says it's because of you. So yeah. here I am. Okay, I give up. I will try to be yours, whatever that means. And and that started the journey of, I started uh, praying with this friend. I started going to daily mass with her when she could get me out of bed to do it. And uh, <laughs> she, um, yeah, she just started sharing her joy with me. And, and suddenly I became more peaceful and more joyful. And I started drilling seminarians at my Newman Center with all of my questions. And I found that they had a lot of logical answers that I wasn't expecting them to have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it just changed everything. And then I uh, I eventually through that year decided that I wanted to give everything to Christ. And that eventually culminated in uh, my graduation when I decided to become a, a Catholic missionary um, for a number of years. And um, that, that was just the greatest joy. Uh, yeah, I, I loved being a Catholic missionary. And, and now I'm a, a teacher. Um, so God's definitely taken me on a journey. <laughs> Ain't it true? All over the country, too. Yes. <laughs> Yep, yep, and abroad, and uh, yeah, all over the place. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. All right, you ready to dive into uh, these readings for the week? Yeah. 
All right. So do you want to lead us in the first reading? This is Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 10a. Okay, great. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the gift of Jenna and the gift of your scripture. I just ask that you send us the Holy Spirit to guide us in this discussion and, and in this time of prayer. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot. Looking up, Abraham saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them. And bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go on past your servant. Let some water be brought that you may bathe your feet and then rest yourselves under the tree. Now that you have come this close to your servant, let me bring you a little food and you may refresh yourselves. And afterward, you may go on your way. The men replied, very well, do as you have said. Abraham hastened into the tent and told Sarah, quick, three measures of fine flour, knead it and make rolls. He ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice steer and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then Abraham got some curds and milk, as well as the steer that had been prepared, and set them before the three men. And he waited on them under the tree while they ate. They asked Abraham, where is your wife, Sarah? He replied, there in the tent. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will then have a son. Wow. I feel like I haven't heard this reading in a while, which I know I obviously have because the readings repeat every three years. But this is one I feel like I don't hear that much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Does anything strike you right off the bat? Yeah. Um, two things really struck me. One was Abraham's incredible hospitality. Yeah. Um, I was just like, what are you doing? I am not that nice. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's really striking all all that he does for for these three men, um, and and especially the line "refresh yourselves" just really struck out to me. Mm. Um, that that he wanted them to to come to him and be able to rest. Um, and then the other thing that jumped out was um, that there were three of them, which made me think of the Trinity. Obviously, um, yeah. And so I, I mean, at first as I was reading, I was thinking like wow, this is the hospitality that God always gives to me when I come to him. And then when I noticed it was towards the end when it was three men, I was like, oh, am I giving that hospitality in my heart to, to God? Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what jumped out at me. That's so, yeah, that's so good. And what I agree with you. The part that sticks out to me is that he's he must know in his heart or in his soul that there's something special about these men and we can't know what that is because it doesn't say how Abraham knew that these guys were special or messengers from God or whatever. But clearly something happens within him to let him know that these are special people mm-hmm. and and that they don't have to even announce themselves. And he says to them, let me ask you a favor. Let me serve you. Mm-hmm. So he says, let me ask you a favor let me serve you. That's so interesting. Like yeah. it would be my honor to be hospitable to you. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, and then obviously, you know, at the end, one of the three announces that Sarah will miraculously have a son um, because she's advanced in age and has never been able to conceive um, a son with Abraham. Yeah, fascinating. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if these three men, they must represent the Trinity. I can't think of really anything else other than maybe like angels. They might be Mm -hmm. angels. Um, But yeah, that number three obviously means something super super important. Divine, yeah, exactly. Fabulous. Yeah, we'll see how this is going to connect so nicely to the gospel too. I love how the church pairs Oh yeah, these together. Mm -hmm. Lovely. All right, shall we go on to the second reading? So the second reading is Colossians chapter one, verses twenty-four to twenty-eight. Brothers and sisters, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, on behalf of His body, which is the church of which I am a minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me to bring to completion for you the word of God, the mystery hidden from ages and from generations past. But now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've, re- I've just been loving reading the book of Colossians over the past few, like all the, the readings these past weeks have been mm-hmm. so lovely. Mm-hmm. Anything strike you from this? Anything stick out to you? I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. It's so beautiful. I mean, there's so much suffering in the world, um, mm. and sometimes it feels, yeah, just the way that the world views suffering is so negative, and and of course suffering hurts. We we don't like desire it, um, but I think it's so beautiful when you when you look at the cross and when you hear Saint Paul talk about this suffering for the sake of of his beloved people. Um, right. I, it's just so beautiful. That, that your soul, your heart, that, that you may know Christ, I rejoice that I am suffering so that you will know him. Mm-hmm. That, that you can see Christ and that you can see Christ suffering and my suffering and that it's all worth it so that you might know who he is. So that mm-hmm. you might know that there's a time when there will be no more suffering, that there's, that there's glory to come, a hope to come. I just, I think it's such a different vision for suffering and it's so inspiring to me that you could love someone, that St. Paul could love these people as a missionary so much that, that he rejoices in his own suffering, not just in the suffering of Christ, but his own personal suffering. Right, because he has this, and we don't really know what it ever is, but he alludes to like this like physical thorn in his side. There's some sort of physical disability mm-hmm. or, or um, injury that he has. Mm-hmm. And he, he is so good at pairing like opposites, like the dichotomy of suffering and rejoicing like he's also the one that says like i boast in my weakness like the thing you never think you would boast in is exactly what he says to boast in the thing you would never rejoice in your suffering is exactly what he tells you to 
rejoice in and how that somehow makes sense, even though they seem totally opposite mm-hmm. in in Christ. Those mm-hmm. two things kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, and again, I love his image of the church is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church and of which I am a minister. I really love that, that language. Fabulous. Yeah. It's so beautiful to think of us as yeah. One body. Mm -hmm. This is very beautiful. Yep. Excellent. Anything else you want to mention about this one? No, no. All right. Fantastic. All right. So now we're going to go on to the gospel, which is Luke chapter 10 verses 38 to 42. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Mm. Anything that sticks out to you? I love this scripture passage so much. Yeah. There's, like, just so much here. Um, I love Martha. I love her so much. I identify with Martha. Yeah. Um, I... For, yeah, there's a few things that always jump out at me during when I when I pray with this passage, and I actually I get this passage to pray with a lot from in reconciliation. Mm. It's like always oh. my penance passage. <laughs> so I really identify with with Martha. Um, I, I, the first thing that jumps out to me is when she says, like burdened with much serving, she comes in. She says, Lord, do you not care? And and I just think how often do do I personally do we all sit in front? of the tabernacle or the Eucharist or, or just in the quiet of our hearts, like say to say to God, like, Lord, do you not care? Yeah. Like, look at this situation I'm in or, or how could you have let this happen? Do, do you not care that just like the second that we're struggling, there's this doubt in his goodness, this doubt in his love. And, and we like come to him like a child that doesn't trust that just like, how do you not care? And, yeah. and I just, just like picture his face when I, because I, I, I feel those words in my heart all the time. And I just picture his face, like, looking at her with such tenderness and love. Like, and, then he, you know, he says it by name. Like, her, he calls her by name, like, Martha. He knows her. I just yeah. think that that moment is must have been so beautiful. And, and so, so that always strikes me. And then when he says, um, you're anxious and worried about many, many things, there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. I, I have reflected on these words so many times and I just, I think it's, he knows, you know, he knows that she's anxious. He knows that she's worried. She doesn't have to tell him because he knows her. Yep. And I love that he says that there's, there's only need of one thing. And then and he doesn't say that Mary's chosen the one thing. He says that she's chosen the better part of the one thing. Mm. I think is really interesting um, because, you know, it's not bad that Martha's serving, right? Like it's, we need, right. yes. uh, 
we need, I mean, this often is a passage pointing to um, contemplative and active religious orders, and we need active religious orders. We need mothers. We need lay people to be working. I mean, Jesus tells us to feed the poor and clothe the naked. Um, But so so it's not that she's serving. I think that's that's wrong. Um, It's that she's not doing it with love and that she's focused on the burden of the serving and the task of the serving instead of the person she's serving for. Um, You know, how much different is it when you're clearing the table of a stranger because it's your job versus when you're a mom cleaning up the the table of your child? Um, I think what's really beautiful is, is that he says, Mary's chosen the better part of loving me. And, and there is a, a service we're called to make disciples. We're called to serve. Um, we're called to serve the poor. Um, but all of that has to flow out of your divine intimacy, and that's the better part. That's the most important part. Ah, yes. What, what Mary's doing. She, you know, she's sitting there before Jesus, just like soaking in all of his his loving gaze, his um, you know, his words. And I and I bet that if Martha had looked up from her serving when she put the plate in front of Jesus, he would have looked at her with with this incredible gratitude of love. But but she doesn't see it. Um, and so that's what really strikes me. What I really love about this passage is she's not being told to stop. She's being told right. to focus her attention on on Jesus and that that's the most important thing. If there's anything that we can do in a day, it's it's to look at him. Whether you're a, a really busy mom and you only have five minutes or you're you know, in religious life and you have an hour, that, that, that the time that you have to give him, that you're paying attention to him. I think that's what's at the heart of this. And oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, you Someone just summed it up. Serving, <laughs> like me. You, yeah, you just summed it up so perfectly, and exactly what you said struck me as well. That her intentions are good. It's yeah. not like she's serving like Satan. Like she's, right. she's serving, serving Jesus <laughs> in an active way. So her intentions are good. The action itself is not evil at all. Right. But you're exactly right. Like in order to be able to do active ministry you have to be filled up by the contemplative, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, like Father Mike Schmitz, I've, he said in like one of his podcasts or videos or something, he was like, if you're in ministry and you're not spending like an hour in prayer every day, he says like, get the heck out of ministry. Like you need to be taking that time to be filled up or else you are, you're running on fumes. You have nothing to give. You have nothing to serve with. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Martha's serving actively is good, but she he wouldn't have said you are anxious and worried about many things. If she had taken five, ten minutes to sit at his feet and be filled up by him, then being anxious, she wouldn't have been anxious and worried about serving and about getting the plates cleaned or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? excited to do it. Right, exactly, because she had taken that time to be filled up by Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think what's also interesting is she she doesn't say, like, Lord, why haven't you noticed all that I'm doing for for you? She's like, make make Mary stop and help me. Like she's not doing right. the right thing. Get get her over here. Like almost admonish her. And I think that's also something that, you know, we have to be careful of when um, when we're, if we're called to a vocation. Like like if, if Jesus is asking Martha to serve her, to to serve him, and he's asking Mary to sit and listen. Then, then that vocation should be embraced with joy, and she shouldn't be, you know, itching to get, you know, somebody, somebody else to do a job other than the, than the job that Christ has asked them to do. Right. They're they're called in different ways, as mm-hmm. as we are all called in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fabulous. The other thing that struck me is that 
Martha is going to say pretty much the same thing to him later on when Lazarus, their brother, dies. Because <laughs> Jesus knew that he was sick and he didn't come right away. And when he does show up, she comes to him and says, Jesus, did you not care? that? Or, I mean, I'm totally paraphrasing, but essentially ask the same thing. Did you not care that my brother was dying? You could have done something about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really interesting that we see that that parallel later on. Yeah, she's like the the active one. Like she runs to Jesus when she hears yes. he's coming. She runs while while Mary stays behind. Right. Um, and I, I, and it's nice because I, I love that because she still has the same habits, right? Like she's like we got right exactly coming. We got to take care of this. Like her personality doesn't change. Um, but what is I love that passage too because she does. You know, when, when Jesus, I forget exactly what he asks her, but she then does respond with an act of faith that she says, like, I know that, that you have eternal yeah. life and we'll all be together in heaven. Right, and that right. she does have a more, uh, you know, she doesn't say anything about her sister there. And she does have more of a, um, she reveals her faith that's clearly grown since the last time. And that, that gives right. me hope, too, because she's still, she's still who she is. She still has those same personality quirks and yes. struggles with, with sin and, um but she's growing, and I, yeah, I love Martha. She's so, so much like us. I think. What a yeah. woman. <laughs> yeah, she, she's. De- you and her have the same personality for sure. The active, <laughs> not in a bad way, in a great way. Like the active doer and the question asker. Like you were talking about earlier. Like, like you were seeking answers to the questions that you had about your faith, and you run to like get yep. those answers. You don't just wait for them to fall into your lap. Hopefully someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, well, so reflecting on these passages that we read today, can you give us maybe like a challenge to live out this week? Yeah, I would, the challenge that I would say is to to sit in silence and to be present to Christ every day this week once every day and that I'm sure will look different for every person whether you can if you can get to adoration amazing but but if you're crazy crazy busy working full-time maybe you have kids um, and that's only five minutes in the quiet of your heart in your room before everyone wakes up you know whatever it looks like for you but just a few moments you know if you can do 10 minutes amazing if you can do 20 even better um, but just every day a few minutes whatever whatever feels out of your comfort zone, for you, do that. So like, go step out of your comfort zone, sit in silence every day, and and just try to be present to Him and um, picture that look of love that He has for you. Yeah. Amen. Do you want to close it out like with an Our Father? Yeah. That sounds All right. Great. Let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, Give us this day, day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. 
Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have an awesome week.